If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Now, Sophie, our guest today, Sophie Emerson, we're going to talk to her a little bit about SJ Equestrian, which is a new riding centre she's just started. She's a full-time equestrian coach and started her own riding school business on the side. How are you today, Sophie? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Look, Sophie, I'm really excited to talk about this because it's something that a lot of people, you know, they probably think about, dream about, want to do, but just don't take that step, you know, and I'm sure it's not going to be all rosy. I'm sure you're going to be able to tell us times that it hasn't been rosy, but, you know, I think good on you, first of all, for taking that step, starting your own riding school. And yeah, I'm really excited. But before we start, your favourite quote, what's that one? Um, so mine would be a Shakespeare quote, um, and so it's, our doubts are traitors that make us lose the good we off might win simply by fearing to attempt. Um, so I guess that sort of runs alongside me starting up my own business. I, you know, a lot of people probably think, oh, I'm not good enough to do it or I'm not ready yet, but I'm sort of just really trying to have a go and not doubt myself and jump in and go for it. Yes. Yep, yep. And it is a risk-take. It's not a life-threatening, risk-taking idea. And it, there is risk in it. But, you know, you're still, you're in there, you're giving it a go, and because you've taken the risks, you know, you get those rewards. Definitely, yeah. 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 Now, Sophie, I'd like to talk about the idea of starting. You know, we often mm-hmm. talk about how we started with horses, but when did the idea come to you about having your own riding school? So it sort of grew quite authentically, really. Um, I'm living in a sort of a rural area in Sutton, just outside of Canberra. And there was a few neighbours around that are sort of interested in riding. And I've had, you know, I have two ponies that I've had for quite a few years now who are really lovely and quiet. Um, And I've always sort of talked about doing all my EA coaching. Um, So I figured may as well get that done and and start you know start letting the kids have a go on the horses that I've worked so hard on for years and (laughs) um, let them experience something that I sort of loved as a as a child growing up as well. Because you've got you already work as a full-time coach now I mean people will often go from a full-time job and then do a bit of part-time coaching on the side so how far is your business that you work in to your own business driving wise? Um, so my own business, SJ Equestrian, is located at my home. Mm-hmm. So the horses live um, at the rental place that I live at, um, and then all the teaching happens next door in the in the arena that I hire, um, where I work full time at Forest Park Riding School. Um, is about a thirty five to forty five minute drive from here. Yep, yep. So your employers at Forest Park Riding School, they're quite happy for you to start your own business. Um, yeah, I think because of the sort of, you know, they're not particularly close to each yes, other. Yes. So I think any clients I'm getting out here in Sutton 
wouldn't probably travel that far to to go to a writing school um, elsewhere. So I think the the market's quite different. And I think that's an important consideration. You know, it's not just up the road round the corner because your employer might (laughs) worry about that a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, Forest Park is quite a large riding school. Um, We have 35 horses there and um, lessons all day and um, lots of group lessons and all that sort of thing. Whereas what I'm doing from home is, you know, just, just two ponies and a couple of afternoons a week and slowly build on that, hopefully. Yep. Yep. All right. Now, if you were going to have someone work for you, all right, within your yep. riding school or, the, you know, even even where you work. And people might come in and you always start with horses and you don't have a lot of experience. So yeah. experience aside and qualifications aside, what sort of core skills and character traits do you think they need? Um, I think to be a coach, you definitely have to be really enthusiastic and friendly, mm-hmm. especially teaching children. You know, you need to be able to make them feel quite comfortable um, with an animal um, that, you know, can, is a lot bigger than them and can be a bit scary initially. Um, and then as well as that, you need to make sure you're prepared but also ready to act on your act on your feet. Um, you know, sometimes the ponies don't do quite what you're expecting them to do, so you need to be able to adjust the lesson accordingly or, you know, find a way to make the child feel as though they've achieved something in their riding. So able to take initiative have a look around, observe a situation um, and be able to create a fun and safe environment is probably the most important thing. But also, you know, ready to work hard and um, be involved in everything with horses. I guess it's never just, you know, sit on all the prettiest ones or whatever. You have to be ready to teach the kid that's petrified or um, clean the stable or help with the sick horse or that sort of thing. You know, it's all part of it. Okay. And I'm thinking about the whole adjusting lessons. If you get someone in and you find that they are very scared and they, and sometimes people come in and they're scared because it's a big animal and sure, you know, you can understand that. But sometimes people can come and be extra scared because they've been on a horse and had a fall. What, what sort of exercises, mm-hmm. what can you do to help those people just improve their confidence? Um, it's worse than a beginner because a beginner is going to yeah. maybe lack confidence but someone who's already had a negative experience and had a fall very early they're going to be worse yeah. than a beginner confidence wise what can you do yeah definitely so um when they come and ride with me we always start on the ground um so you know they take the time to groom the horse and i make sure that they're really comfortable just being around him and handling him um You know, we'll often give some carrots or, you know, that sort of thing, tack up. Um, Then they always lead up to the arena. I I don't like to put people on in an open environment to start with. And then if someone's particularly nervous, um, I'll always start them off on the lunge. And I've, you know, done quite a lot of work with my horses to get them really well voice trained. Um, So I often just show them, you know, that I can stop the horse for them by telling them woo and they'll stop so you know if they ever feel unsure I can just take control of the situation for them which I think is quite reassuring um, to some people but I always as well make sure that they understand how to stop and how to um, you know that they can hold on to the saddle if they feel a bit wobbly and explain their position and that that gives them their best balance um, to make their ride as easy as possible Um, But I think you have to be quite good at reading people's body language as well 
um, because people won't always say if they're nervous, but obviously you don't want to keep pushing them more and more if they are quite nervous. If if I can see that they're a bit nervous, uh, you know, lots of repetition, um, just nice basic exercises like steering, and I'll often walk beside the horse um, until I can see that they're really kind of asking to do a bit more. Mm. And I think that's something that people miss, you know, as a riding instructor, you're so busy teaching, you know, this is how you do a 20 metre circle and this is how you do the correct diagonal. But if you were going to teach riding schools, uh, riding instructors particularly about confidence and nervous riders, what sort of body language are you looking at? Um, So I guess I would be looking at, you know, speak to the person. I like to try and keep them talking Mm -hmm. because often they'll give away – you know, if they're if they're not quite able to keep talking or something, yep, yep. that that's probably means they're quite nervous. Mm-hmm. If they're all tense through their body or wanting to grab at the saddle quite a lot, or if they're really tight in their reins and really wanting to pull on the horse, um, sometimes they'll be gripping in quite a lot with their legs um, or quite hesitant to ride away from the instructor. They might want to stay right on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, the the more you're sort of time you spend with riders and and a particular rider, um, you'll be able to pick up their certain things um, that they give away that they're a bit nervous. But yeah, just the normal sort of body language that they might be a bit tight or tense or reluctant to do something or, um, you know, sometimes little kids will look over to their parents a bit if they're feeling (laughs) a bit nervous. Um, uh, Yeah, that's that's probably the main thing. And often I'll read my horse's body language as well. Yep. Um, my horse will often give away if the if the kid's not feeling particularly um, comfortable. Um, and then we just take it a bit steadier for a while until yep. I can really yep. see them just relax and feel confident. Yep, yep. What do you think the best thing is about teaching these riders? Oh, I just get a real kick out of them improving. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's been working on something like um, – you know, understanding their rising diagonals or getting a canter transition or something like that, and they finally get it and their face lights up and they're they're really excited, Um, then I find that super rewarding. I also find it really rewarding that, um, you know, my main teaching horses are horses that I've had since I was a a child and I sort of trained them all myself. So I find it really special that, you know, a horse I work so hard on can then go and give another child so much joy. I really enjoy watching my horses look after their riders as well. I think that's really special too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this whole teaching beginners, because it is a skill in itself, okay, teaching beginners. Who's helped you along? Has that been a little bit of trial? Because, I mean, just talking to you, it's obvious that you've taught quite a few beginners and you're very good with teaching people to get more confidence. You know, you're, you're good with starting them off on the ground, I think, is particularly good for beginners and, you know, just getting that little bit of rapport between themselves and the horse and, and the exercise that you're doing and recognising the body language. But did someone teach you this or did you go through training to teach beginners or, and this is specifically to teach beginners, or has it been a bit of trial and error? Um, I think it's sort of a bit of all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, so since I was quite young, you know, in, in high school, I used to go to a horse riding camp in Kuma mm-hmm. and I would teach there. It was mostly just trail rides and that sort of thing, but I guess that gave me quite good exposure um, from a young age to pick up on, um, you know, managing horses and children. Um, and then sort of from there, I've, you know, ridden horses a lot myself. 
I've worked at dressage stables, um, so sort of with a lot higher riders and higher level horses. And then I've had really good experiences at Forest Park, getting to know lots and lots of different people, different ponies, all that sort of thing. Um, But I think, yeah, a lot of it is just trying to, I try and often relate back to myself. Like I will often say, you know, I remember when I was learning this and it can be quite tricky or um, whatever. And I think that kind of helps people feel a little bit more at ease. Um, But it also, you know, helps me remember what it was like and then to try and feel a little bit of empathy with the riders. Um, in what they're trying to understand. Yes. But, yeah, so I guess I've picked up little bits and pieces from everyone. I try and do, you know, watch lots of lessons and ride in lots of lessons and all that sort of stuff and take home what I did like and didn't like from different people's coaching styles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just, you know, there's no magic secret. It's probably just lots of lots of hours and lots of practice um, and lots of asking the kids how they feel as well. Often they're they're quite ready to tell you, but if you don't ask them, they, yeah, they yeah, sort of won't tell yeah. you. <laughs> and and yeah. getting it from you, Sophie, I think a lot of passion there too. It's very – like watching lessons, it's very easy to just – go home early or go and get a coffee somewhere but not actually watch yeah. lessons. But to be the type of person that spends the extra time, watches the extra lessons, you know, ask the kids what yeah. they think, I think that that the, itself is, you know, quite a bit of passion there just to find out more about the industry that you're teaching in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tell us about horses because obviously, you know, you've got a couple of quiet ponies that you said you've had for a long time, but if you were going to look for another horse now, how would you go about it? Yeah. What type of horse would you yeah, look for? It's it's a really tricky one actually. Like I kind of always am am scrolling through the Facebook feeds and the <laughs> horse deal magazines and whatever, looking to see if anything pops up because I think um sort of, I don't know, some people call them your unicorns, the, yep. the perfect horses for your beginners. Um, generally, people don't really want to sell them or if they sell them, they're probably not in a budget that I have. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, in terms of looking for a good school horse, I'm just looking for something that doesn't have any vices. You know, if it doesn't have all the education, then that's completely fine because I'm happy to put the time in. But probably just that nice, calm attitude to start with um and then a lot of the training I'll sort of take on myself um I have a few kids that have been riding my horse for a while now that have a fair bit of um ability so um I'll offer them sort of free rides to come down and just take it really slow on my on my upcoming ones and we just do lots and lots of practice um you know because it's it's a really different thing for them to go well for an experienced rider compared to, to go well for, for a child that has no idea what they're doing. Yes. Um, so I do try and start exposing them to children, but in a very, very controlled environment and everything's nice and slow. And I'm a really big believer in um, not setting the horse up to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to put them in a, in a lesson with a beginner before I'm really sure that they're, um, you know, that they're really familiar with everything that we're going to do and I'm right there and able to assist and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it's probably quite tricky to find to find the perfect horse um, and probably if you do find one, they're probably quite old by then, <laughs> um, by the time someone's ready to let them go. But, yeah, probably just finding 
that really good attitude and friendliness um, yep. and quiet as well, and then and then building. Um, myself from there. And you've made the training quite progressive. You know, you said putting yourself on, you'd ride and then you'd get more experienced kids on and then possibly yeah. less experienced kids on, you know, before yeah. you'd actually go through the steps of putting a beginner on and I'm sure exposing them definitely. to lots of different um, situations as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I really don't want horses, you know, some people kind of look at riding schools and the horses are a bit cheeky or really learn the routine and get a bit naughty about it. Mm. Um, so I definitely want to make sure that that's not really the experience people have with me. So yes. yeah, I'm really extra cautious to make sure the horses are good horses as well as good riding school horses. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Tell us about a case study, you know, someone that you've brought on from a beginner or from a very nervous rider that then they've gone on and, you know, done something, even just a good canter transition or, you know, gone on. Yeah, just can you think of someone there, just a bit of a story for um, us? Yeah, so I have one of um, probably my first clients here um, were some neighbours down the road. So mm-hmm. they're, um, they're, they have four children and the eldest is 12 and the youngest was three when they started. So they all come along and have, have a little turn on, on, my, um, on my good horse, Rue, um, and so they've been doing that for a little while or yeah, a little while now. And they're all sort of different abilities, you know, some are really confident, some are a bit less confident, um, but probably a really special milestone with them. Um, they took my horse Rue to a local show, um, a month or so ago. Yep. Um, and so the two oldest girls, one of them rode him in the rider classes and the other one rode it, um, led him in the lead classes. Um, so I think that was a really kind of special That's moment good, isn't it? for yeah. me, yeah. um, because they were, they were so excited and I've been really blessed throughout my riding career to have lots of people, um, kind of give me great opportunities to ride horses and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, so it felt really special to give that back to some people in the community here and see how ecstatic they were to get their first horse riding ribbon and that sort of thing. <laughs> so um, that was probably one of the, the most special moments I've had um, yep. so far with my own horses. That's good. Good. What about just going back to your riding school? And I know it launched about three months ago. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think your biggest challenge was? Just talk to us about a challenge, a big challenge that you have. And this is to educate people, you know, to say, look, it's not just all rosy. Sometimes there are challenges. But I want you to talk about your challenge and how you overcame it. Yeah, okay. So there's probably two major ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably the first was just myself, like thinking, am I actually good enough to do this? Is it going to be all too hard or is it too much work? That sort of thing. So I really tried to surround myself with really positive people um, that would keep pushing me and also setting down little goals saying, you know, by next week, I'll find a graphic designer that can help me out with a website or by the following week, I will um, fully pay for all my insurance or you know, just breaking it down yep. into the little steps. You know, this week I'll order my saddle cloth, that sort of thing, so that it didn't feel so overwhelming to think, oh, who am I to do this? Mm. Um, and then it just kept moving along until I was ready to go, which was really special. Um, probably another thing, which is I think probably a, quite a common problem um, in the horse community was just having the fun to do mm-hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. So I 
I used most of actually my tax money back. I said, you know, I've got this money. I'm going to use that. I'm going to go to the clinic to get all my EA stuff ticked off and I'm going to use that to um, pay for my insurance. And then sort of after that, there's no excuses. Yep, yep. Now, are you profitable now? You know, you've talked about the financial, but are you going into a business that's profitable? Um, yes, I, yep, I definitely am. I mean, whether... I think um, that's important that you are profitable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably just getting to the stage where I've paid back uh, all my initial expenses, Good. which, you know, takes obviously a little bit of time. And I think the initial costs are sort of the biggest ones. Um, but that's not too bad, you know, three months into a business and you've paid back and broken even. So, yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. And I've been really fortunate. I think as though in the horse industry, it's all about making connections and being really friendly um, and being willing to chat to people and have a go. Um, so my, my landlords here have been really kind to allow me to keep my horses here. And then I just approached some local people and not, you know, not the first person that I spoke to said yes, but eventually I got a yes to being able to hire arena for mm-hmm. um, a fairly low rate. Um, so then, you know, I had my ponies, I had my teaching arena, and then I was good to go. Good. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, how all that worked. What do you think then, you know, you've been around a little while, you know, you've worked in other schools, you've worked for other trainers, you've worked in a trail riding establishment. What mistakes do other business or can you see things that you want to improve on that say another business has made? Yeah. So sometimes I think people go too big too soon mm-hmm. um, or even if it's not too soon, I think just taking on more than their level of expertise. I think you sort of have to stay in your own lane a little bit. Um, My sort of goal with my business is probably to work my way up to about five really great quality teaching ponies and have have a group lesson each afternoon with, you know, maybe four kids in the class. Um, And I think that would have me, you know, fairly profitable. Um, But I think sometimes a lot of the business I've worked on have taken on more horses more clients than they can actually handle and then that's when you know you're having to get all these extra staff to handle it all and that's when it's probably not quite as profitable anymore yeah so I think sometimes even though big sounds amazing I think keeping it small and really under control and really well managed can be more the way to go well I'm hoping that's what I'll find anyway Mm. as I sort of progress with my own business Yeah, sometimes you get into the business because of the horses and if you do get too big, you end up managing more than spending time with the horses, which is what you really wanted to do in the first place. Exactly, exactly. And I I never want to get so big that I don't have time to jump on my own horses and keep them really educated for my more experienced riders. You know, I don't want them to be plodding around, (laughs) paying no attention. I want to be able to get on at least once or twice a week on all of them and just give them a tune-up so they're always feeling really good and really nice quality educated horses for children to learn on. Yep, yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Sophie, what about books? Have you got time to read? Can you, have you got a book that you could recommend to our listeners? Um, yes, I am not a super horsey one, but one that I have 
like I do try and tick it over in my head often when I am doing things with horses, um, is a book called Animals in Translation by Temple Grandin, mm-hmm. who um, is like an animal behaviorist specialist, I guess. So the book doesn't necessarily just cover horses. There's often lots of um, cattle and dogs and that sort of thing mentioned in there as well. Um, but it's all about understanding the behavior of the animal, which I think is really important if you're, if you're trying to manage animals and um, make a business out of it. I think to un- be able to understand a bit more on how they're thinking and why they're behaving the way they are is, um, has been really beneficial to me. Okay, good, good. What are you looking forward to now? Obviously building your school and, and expanding, but within a, a reasonable level. Anything else that you'd like to mention? Um, uh, yeah, so mostly, yeah, building on that. I also have a, have a lovely young horse um, that I've been lucky enough to ride from Jane at Aspen View Performance Horses. So he's just turned five. Um, so we've just put in our entries for the Royals, so hoping to to get him going and do really well with him um, sort of in the upcoming shows. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of my personal goals at the moment. And then, yeah, business goals, hopefully by summer, maybe have a third have a third really good quality teaching pony going um, and, yeah, have some fun, maybe try some new things like clinics and um, little one-day programs and get some of my kids and ponies out to some more shows and that sort of thing. Um, upcoming is all sort of on the cards at the moment. Perfect. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you again too when you're doing that, you know, just to talk about the pros and cons and some good ideas and tips, which I think you've been full of today. It's been really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's okay. Now, if you're going to summarise your whole philosophy about, you know, horses and horse business and running a school, what would you say? How can you sum that up? Um, so I would probably just say you have to love the animal first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't go into it because you're trying to make a million dollars or yeah. anything. Yeah. I think, you know, if you love the animals, then especially with teaching, if the, the kids will, you know, pick up on that, the parents will pick up on that. And that's what it's all about. It's about loving the animal and loving what you do. And then I think if you're if you're going forward from a place of being really enthusiastic about sharing your love of horses, then I think that's where, you know, you're gonna be make people happy and you're gonna be happy yourself. Yep. Um and yeah, I guess just to be to be patient and always learn as much as you can. No one's a complete expert. Everyone's still still learning. So I think we always have to be open to keep learning and keep improving all the time. And hopefully that's what I'll keep doing. Perfect. All right. Now, Sophie, if people would like to contact you, they can do it at horsechats.com slash Sophie Emerson or go to horsechats.com, search for Sophie. But how can they contact you if they're ready waiting right now? Yeah. Um, so my website is www.sjequestrian.com. Um, I'm also SJ Equestrian um, on Facebook, so you're welcome to follow um, my Facebook page or like my Facebook page and um, sort of see what myself and the ponies are all up to and what the kids are up to. And, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to contact me. Okay. And what about a phone number and an email? They'll be on your website and on your Facebook page? Yeah. Um, so the, the phone number is 0400 um, and, yeah, through my website, um, there's a contact form page that you can fill in or just a message on Facebook as well. Perfect. All right, Sophie, looking forward to 
catching up with you again and talking about some more tips for running a riding school. And um, I'd like to talk to you about the activities you do as well. Definitely. Okay, thank you very much for your time. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.